the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. What's this? That? It's whiskey, isn't it? How'd it get there? I don't know. I suppose it dropped from some cloud or someone was bouncing it against this wall and it got stuck there. What you don't understand, all of you, is that I've got to know it's around, that I can have it if I need it. I can't be cut off completely. He wants to be alone with that bottle of his. It's all he gives a hang about. He's a sick person. Should have seen her come in here last night looking for you, her eyes all rainy and the mascara all washed away. Give me a drink. That's an awful high-class young lady. What hospital is this? Alcoholic ward. Come on, I need that liquor. I want it and I'm gonna get it, understand? I'm gonna walk out of here with that quarter rye, one way or another. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, not Christmas, silly. We just had that. It's award season, you know, that season where we talk about movies and celebrate movies. And it's also that season where everybody's favorite movie podcast comes back. What podcast? Uh, Sloshed Cinema, duh. With your host, me, Sean Paul Mahoney, taking you on a journey from the corner of pop culture and recovery. And we talk about movies that talk about drinking drugs and getting sober uh, with a sober person. Like I said, me. Hi. So it's been a hot minute since I've been here. I left uh, on a short break in October before the world imploded. Um, If you've survived the apocalypse and done so sober, I salute you. I raise a coffee cup to you. Um, You know, it's not... Uh, easy to hang on to your serenity in times like now. So thank God for film. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're unfamiliar with our show or haven't listened in quite some time, because I haven't been around in quite some time, let me give you the rundown. I uh, talk about a movie every single week, and um, that film usually has to do with uh, drinking or drugs or getting sober. Past hits have included Leaving Las Vegas and uh, The Days of Wine and Roses and um, other delightful garbage like uh, Valley of the Dolls and uh, Less Than Zero. All of those episodes are available here on SoundCloud through the Since Right Now Network, BT Dubs, as the kids say, or as I say. Um, yeah, so... Uh, This week's film is 1945's The Lost Weekend. So uh, it's interesting to talk about this movie because what this film talks about is really, in my mind, the central thing is hitting bottom. And what does hitting bottom look like? For a film from 1945, this was sort of a new and very taboo conversation to talk about. When you research it... Really, people credit The Lost Weekend being this um, groundbreaking film that is um, really the first to discuss alcoholism in a way that's not comedic, it's not clownish, uh, it's not over the top, it's not W.C. Fields movies or Nick and Nora um, films. It's freaking dark, like a lot of our diseases were, or at least mine anyway. I'm not going to speak for you. Um, If you're still (laughs) making that drinking thing work, then more power to you. Uh, But then you probably wouldn't be listening to this show. Um, Anywho, so 
that's what this film is sort of at the beginning. You kind of get that this character, uh, Don Burnham, played by Ray Milland, is uh, that's what has happened to him. He's on the other side of a stint in rehab, which, by the way, from what I've researched and what films have taught me in the past, I don't know, nearly 20 episodes, uh, the rehab of your was not freaking cute. It was more like a mental hospital and being strapped down to a table. And um, even given those extremes, uh, more often than not, didn't work. Um, So, and we gather pretty quickly that it didn't work for our friend Don Burnham either. He has returned home with his brother, Uh, The very attractive, and until I watched this movie, I had never heard of, um, Philip Terry uh, plays Wick, his brother. God bless Wick. Somebody needs to get this boy an Al-Anon meeting. Um, He just is trying to keep hope alive for his brother, who has been a disaster and lives with him and has essentially ruined his life because of his disease over and over again. But Wick hopes that now that Don is out of rehab, they'll be able to take a nice weekend off in the country. Um, Don, of course, being the fabulous alcoholic that he is, has other ideas. Don has already planned um, an elaborate way to be by himself and drink by himself, despite not having any money or resources. Homeboy is going to figure it out. Because that's what we do, right? Like, when we want to get loaded, we figure that shit out. So, um, through a very convoluted sort of back and forth with his girlfriend, played by the lovely Jane Wyman, um, a.k.a. the first Mrs. Ronald Reagan, um, she's uh, this long-suffering but glamorously dressed doormat named Helen St. James. I mean, even that name is fabulous, right? Helen St. James. She's always, like, rocking a fur stole and, like, a hat and some sassy eyeshadow. You know, she's got the whole 1940s thing going on. Um, Oh, except for a spine and a clue because she thinks um, this hot mess that she's dating, Don Burnham, is going to turn his shit Around Well, he's not because he's not ready to change uh, despite being recently locked up. So he's under the guise of getting Helen and um, Wick to go to some sort of a performance, the opera, something matinee, so he can be alone and drink and uh, not tag along for the weekend trip. All is going accordingly to plan. They disappear But then other stuff starts to fall apart quickly. Uh, Let's jump back to that idea of hitting bottom. Um, So clearly this is a character who we find out right away, uh, maybe he's just not done. And I know I certainly was there several times. If I'm super honest with myself, I should have stopped drinking at age 19 and stopped using at age 19 because I realized it was sort of out of control. And when it was out of my life at that young age, I thought, okay, maybe this is a good thing. Of course, 
at age 20, the wheels fell off and fell off again at 23 and then 25 and then 30 and then 35. And then finally I got sober at age 36. Um, so suffice to say, I know a little bit of something about not being done. Um, and that's where Don Burnham is. And it's funny because, so I'm putting together this show. And by the way, when I do these shows, I watch every movie and I watch them fresh. I'm not going off of like some old idea of a movie that I might've seen 10 years ago, mainly because, hello, I'm a drug addict. I have barely any memory left. I need to watch this stuff. I need to keep it fresh. I need to be on top of it right away uh, because I don't know if um, I remember things correctly, if we're being totally honest. So I watched this movie very recently. um, And I'm trying to think while I'm researching the show and reading the different stuff, as always, through my... um, Angels, IMDb, and uh, TCM.com, who without them, the show would not be possible. Uh, I'm researching and thinking, well, what, how does this idea of hitting bottom work for today? How does it hit for right now? Why is this relevant for right now? Well, I mean, that idea is relevant for every alcoholic and addict probably ever. Am I right? Um, but like bigger, what does that mean? So we, we talk about that a lot in recovery as hitting bottom. And, um, recently someone that, uh, is part of my sober family and who I adore, um, when we were talking about, oh, you know, current events and that person whose name I no longer mutter, um, this wise sage, who I'm grateful to have in my recovery, said, I think that America just needs to hit bottom. And that was really, I mean, it's hilarious. And it's only something we, the people, uh, not Americans, but people in recovery, uh, would come up with. But it's true, right? Like, it's not only us. It's sometimes it's political situations. It's work situations. I mean, I know I've hit bottoms with um friendships or professional things like in recovery and it hasn't it's not necessarily to do with drinking or doing drugs um it's about a behavior that's no longer working and um delusions that are no longer working so it's funny that that would be the central theme of this movie and kind of where thematically maybe as a society we're going and that's a good thing right like if you're sober i think hitting a bottom was necessary to get there and um aren't we lucky you know aren't we lucky to be sober and aren't we lucky that um we had those bottoms i mean thank god like hello it was not pretty or enjoyable but at least it happened and at least um, I was able to get on the other side of it. You know, had I not, and I just kept going, oh my God, freaking nightmare. So we can only hope other larger situations are hitting bottom. Anyway, so that's kind of the theme, and that's where I was. As the story progresses, um, with his distractions out of the way, successfully dodging Helen and successfully dodging his brother, 
He is free to do what he wants to do, so John Burnham drinks. However, he has a terrible reputation at every neighborhood liquor store and bar in the part of Manhattan that he lives, so people know not to serve him, and they've already had it with his bullshit. You know that's bad when people who um, don't drink with you but have been affected by your neighborhood, I mean, by your behavior, are already sick of your bullshit. I had one like that in Los Angeles. There was a grocery store across the street from my house where I would always buy booze. And um, I moved away from that neighborhood, but then life brought me back to that neighborhood. And I uh, went into that grocery store. One of my old clerks was there, Roxy. Roxy, hey, girl, if you're out there. Um, And uh, she said, so I'm, like, getting my groceries rung up or whatever. And she's like, so uh, do you need a bottle? And I said, oh, no, Roxy, I stopped drinking. Literally, this grocery clerk who does not know me said oh thank god (laughs) so that's embarrassing right like when the girl from the grocery store is like um finally you hit bottom (laughs) so uh yeah i get that um but he's a resourceful alcoholic our friend don burnham so he finds a way to drink and people to drink with uh, one of which is a hilarious scene-stealing gal um, who is uh, just one of those 1940s characters. She's got, you know, the great hat, and she st- says sassy stuff like, don't be ridic instead of being ridiculous. Which, by the way, be ridic, that sounds like kind of modern. I'm like, okay... They were killing it back then with this knowledge. Um, Yeah, so... uh, Oh, by the way, I didn't mention this at the top of the movie like I usually do. I've been gone for so long, I was just ready to verbally vomit on you guys. Um, It's directed by Billy Wilder, which... Who doesn't love Billy Wilder? Um, He, if you're not familiar directed some of my favorite films like The Apartment and Some Like It Hot and one of my top five of all time, you guys, Sunset Boulevard. I freaking love Sunset Boulevard. Uh, Billy Wilder directed this movie and he was a young director at the time. You know, his career really didn't explode until like the 50s and 60s. And so... They sort of took a chance on him, and um, he now is credited for using German Expressionism. Hello. What other podcast talks about um, drinking and German Expressionism? Thank you very much. Um, And he uses a lot of those old influences that you would notice from those old, a lot of black and white and silent films from the early days um, of German films. And so there's a lot of tricky, trippy, dark imagery that Billy Wilder uses. And um, it's all very effective. You know, it's odd because unlike The Days of Wine and Roses, which is some almost nearly 20 years later, this movie is more of a character, uh, like, horror film. If we're honest... And it kind of makes sense thematically and time-wise, like if we're talking about um, the way that 
the narrative of alcoholism and addiction are, uh, yeah, in 1945, it was still like an early conversation. So um, it's still early on in the game as discussing alcoholism as a disease. So it's, it's presented as sort of a freaking living nightmare, um, which is effective. You know, I think it's one of those things that we talk about on this show all the time, like if it would be triggering or if it would be traumatic. And I think if you're new in recovery, it would be traumatic, but it might keep you sober because it's like the worst possible case scenarios. So in keeping with this whole trippy theme, he definitely goes down the road with um, really uh, showing the worst of alcoholism. And um, at one point, Don is suicidal, and there's another hospital visit, followed by an escape, and every crazy, gross uh, thing that happens in a mental hospital. I mean, it gets really, really dark. Um, and it really starts to look like, okay, this weekend, this last weekend is his bottom. So the title comes from like the time frame, which is really these four days or whatever they are of him, um, being sober and then losing his sobriety, the short amount of time that he had, and then absolutely like losing everything and being, uh, insane you know, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's effective in that sense. So, um, Billy Wilder, excuse me while I, uh, sip down some coffee here. Um, Billy Wilder does a lot with the actors as far as just kind of letting them go. And Raymond, um, is, you know, he was before this time was really like the Hollywood nice guy and like a top star for playing the good detective or the good husband or the heroic type. So to have him in something dark, and he fought for this role, by the way, he um, was sort of revolutionary at the time. However, they say in several things that it kind of hurt his career because, you know, certain comedians, Bob, Bob Hope being one of them, um, always had a joke about, you know, Ray, Ray Milland hiding alcohol or, you know, referencing this character. Um, but it was a signature role for him. He won an Academy Award. So him uh, campaigning for it really made sense. Um, oh, yeah. And then one of the... So I'm hopping all over the place here. But so he does a great job of letting the actors really do their deal. And... Um, one of the great scenes is, and everybody and every website that you look at about this movie, you guys, they always talk about this really trippy scene where uh, Don is losing his mind and there's a bat and a rat climbing out of the ceiling and he really thinks that they're there and starts tearing his apartment up and it gets really, really bad. So... Uh, it's got effective music. It's got effective performances. Is the way that it kind of broaches the topic of alcoholism, is it a little dated? 
Well, yeah, of course it is. I mean, it's 1945, and they're having a conversation that um, really is new. You know, you think about AA not being around for that long at that point, um, about uh, the world of psychology just starting to change its mind um, and really not there yet. Uh, However, you know, you read more about this and um, it was timely and people thought it was timely because of after World War II, there were so many returning um, soldiers who were facing PTSD and the way that they dealt with it was through alcohol. I know definitely in my own family, my grandfather, that was sort of his story and the story of thousands of others and also a story that can be seen in the best years of our lives, another classic film that we will talk about at some point. So it was timely in that sense. So people identified with this movie and once it finally came out and was a hit, um, it was talked about. It was one of those things like you have to go see it because it was a hot button thing. Um, So, yeah, and then, you know, the other thing is, is that the writer, Charles Jackson, oh my gosh, by the way, if I tie this all in right now, it's really going to be amazing, so bear with me. So, Charles Jackson wrote this novel, and the idea of the novel is, like, this lost weekend, and it's very much autobiographical, and, um, it's all good, um... And uh, the novel became a hit, which then became a movie. Um, At the end of the film, Don Burnham... This is why you think the conversation is a little bit dated. Don Burnham starts to uh, stop drinking, and he's like, through the magic of love, which cracks me up. Like The movie's always like, oh, somebody stopped drinking because somebody loved them. Uh, what? It doesn't work like that. Um, nevertheless, through the magic of Jane Wyman's love, he stopped drinking and he, uh, has decided he'll work on his novel instead. Very much close to the story of the real author, Charles Jackson. He stopped drinking. He wrote this book. He, um... The book then became a movie, and uh, then he became famous. Uh, He made a lot of money. However, he started drinking again, and Charles Jackson committed suicide in 1968. So, uh, moral of the story and the movie is even though the the credits roll... And John Burnham, we're like, oh, good, he's going to write this, and his whole life is going to be so much better. Um, The real-life ending is love wasn't enough to save Charles Jackson. And in fact, Charles Jackson's life got um, pretty terrible and sporadic over the next 24 years and had novels that flopped and went back to drinking and back to mental hospitals and eventually committed suicide. So uh, there's a sad real-life parallel between the two stories. Oh, much like the one we talked about in Leaving Las Vegas, who the author of that novel also committed suicide. Freaky. Um, Moral of the story is handle your mental illnesses and ask for help 
or yeah, suffer the consequences, apparently. Um, yeah, so is the movie a downer? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think it's super depressing. It's just kind of um, dark and appropriate for the time, but it's dramatically very effective, and that has to do with uh, Wilder's direction, which is, in my book, always worth watching, regardless of the project. You know, he directed so many varied things, so if you were to take on his film resume, you would be one happy camper. So here at Slosh Cinema, we hand out stars arbitrarily, because I'm the host of the show, darn it, and I can do that sort of thing. Uh, I will give The Lost Weekend, mm, let's say four out of five stars. Check it out. I watched it on Google Play. It was a 99-cent rental, y'all. I don't know if it still is, but check that out. Um, It's available there. Also, if you can find the book, let me know. I had a hard time finding the book anywhere. Um, Let me know if you have been able to find it. Okay, so it's the last five minutes of the show where I like to talk about pop culture and myself and all other fabulous things. Uh, so like I mentioned at the top of the show, it is award season and, um, there's so many great movies out right now. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. There's a couple that are, and front runners in the Oscar race, which those nominations just came out today as I'm recording this show, um, that, uh, deal with. Addiction slash alcoholism by maybe not dealing with it. So, uh, like Manchester by the Sea, which I think is the most alcoholic without being outwardly alcoholic film I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, it's funny. Everybody's always like, oh, that movie's so depressing. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, grief is depressing. And it's actually funny, too. The script is funny, too. I think... A blanket criticism of something being depressing is like, uh, no, try again. Watch it again and find something else because there is something else there. I recommend that film. I think it speaks uh, of our people. It is essentially a living and breathing, a fourth step on film. It's pretty hardcore and intense, but beautiful performances, especially by Michelle Williams. Uh, Moonlight is another one. Um Y'all, I'm so conflicted on Moonlight. I loved it, but I also kind of feel like it's like... Uh, it could have gone there more for me, you guys. And But it does talk about addiction. Uh, it's kind of like now becoming that like film that white, straight people watch to make themselves feel better. But whatever works, it's a, um, a beautiful script and very beautifully shot. Not my favorite film of the year, BT dubs. But uh, if it wins awards, it's because the time is right, and it'll be a good thing if it does. Uh, all right, so the thing I didn't mention about this week's show... The Lost Weekend was a film recommended by a listener, Julie. Hey, Jules. What up, girl? Uh, Jules had recommended this film in an email months ago, and I decided a trio uh, of listener-requested shows was definitely in order. Um, If you have a film that you would like me to do a show on... Please email me 
at sloshed cinema pod at gmail.com. Um, and we will uh, put it on the docket. I love to watch movies. So um, just shoot me an email and I'll be like, yeah, sure, of course, unless I've already seen it and done a show about it. Um, but for sure, I am into it. Uh, that being said, we have Under the Volcano from recommended by our friend Jill. That one's coming up. Um, uh, next week, I'm going to do a show about Girl on the Train, which was not nominate, uh, not nominated, but not a listener requested film. Um, that's coming up next week. But the week after that, uh, my dear digital friend Paul thought we should do a show about um, the Steve Buscemi classic. Trees Lounge, so we're going to watch that and talk about that, and that'll be in two weeks. Um, if you haven't checked out Paul's podcast, Buzzkill Pod, I'd say please do so. It's brilliant, and he's always entertaining. This past episode was very good, so do that. Um, yeah, so those are kind of what's coming up next on the season. Oh, yeah, and then there's other newer things that I want to be talking about, newer films I'm going to want to be talking about, and then, like, Krisha, uh, which everybody keeps telling me to do a show about. I've also been told to do shows about 80s films, like um, When a Man Loves a Woman and Clean and Sober, so I will put those on the docket, and that's coming up very soon. All right, uh, and that is about it. We're almost at the 30-minute mark here, kids. So, yeah, please reach out to me via email, or you can always find me on Twitter, at Sean Paul Mahoney, or the Facebook, which I don't use as much, but you're welcome to try me there. And uh, that's it. Oh, yeah, and a quick plug for After Party Magazine, which I'm currently being published in on a weekly basis, please check me out over there. And as always, read my blog, shawnalogs.com, and check out the other amazing shows here on the Sense Right Now Network. All right, kids, have a fantastic day wherever you are. And remember, no matter if you're sitting in the dark by yourself watching a movie, you are never alone. We're both trying. You're trying not to drink, and I'm trying not to love you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. (laughs) 